now for the Faith FM Breakfast Show with your hosts, Lyle and Lawson. Actually, it's Blake and Lawson, but we are here live on the Breakfast Show, and I just want to do a quick shout-out to, I believe her name is Catherine, and she's listening at Macquarie College, and she told me yesterday, and I'm pumped about that. So shout-out, Catherine. Thank you for listening every morning. We love you, and we are very appreciative of the support that you show Faith FM. So thank you. Here local in Newcastle. Mm. Loving it. Awesome. Lawson, I'm thankful for some things. Yeah, what are you? Can I just say it? Go for it. Number one. Uh Okay. (sighs) Mathematics. You're thankful for mathematics. Big time. Check this out. Uh Uh-huh. 11 plus 11. What is it? 22. Mm Mm-hmm. 11, 11, 22. Happy Mathematics Day. Oh, really? Boom, boom, boom. Oh, epic. It's super cool, actually. I was super pumped about that. So I'm super thankful for that. And Do you have to make a wish? <laughs> like 11-11? It just makes sense, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. sure. Like Because people do that at nighttime, right? It's like, oh, it's 11-11, make a wish, something like that. I don't know. I, I actually don't know that. but You know, personally, I don't believe in wishes. I believe in prayer. But, uh, you know, well, prayer at, make this a day of prayer in your life. Well, today should be a day of prayer because mm. it's Remembrance Day as well, too. That's right. Yeah. So we're going to get into that a little bit later uh, in the show as well, too. But I, it's a, it's a great day. Mm. It's a good day. It's, it's a a kind day. of like a somber day, mm. but also a happy day mm-hmm. because of mathematics. Mm-hmm. So... Get this, like numbers go together. Who knew? Are you serious? Where'd they come from? The Lord. Amen. That's where they Agree. Came from. There's one one guy. <laughs> You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You know what else is awesome? What? The quiz. That's right. You've got um no, I was gonna say an answer. No, reverse. You got a question. I got a question. Well you got answers for us later. I've got a question. You guys have the answer and the ability to win our prize, which is going to be drawn today. 8.45, so stay tuned. Stay with us throughout the show. Get your final answers in, your final chances in the draw. According to 1 Peter chapter 3, where did Jesus preach to the spirits after being made alive? If you were in Dundas Church last Sabbath you would know exactly where this is because I preached about this verse. Wow. What if you were in Staywell, Victoria, who are listening on 88.0 FM? Um, Shout out to them. You might know. You might know. Because you've read the Bible. Okay, that's true. According to 1 Peter 3, where did Jesus preach to the spirits after being made alive? 0491-064-669. That's a tricky one. I got to think about that mm-hmm. in my noggin up mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about, there's so much stuff I want to talk about, but before you go into the some good news, I want to remember Remembrance Day, mm-hmm. okay? So I did a little research here because I was like, when did we start doing Remembrance Day? Do you mm-hmm. remember? You may not have actually been alive, actually, now that I think about it. I don't know when you were born. 98. <laughs> You were not alive, good sir. <laughs> you were you were not alive yet because in 1997, oh, Governor General Sir William Dean issued a proclamation formally declaring 11th of November to be Remembrance Day, urging all Australians mm. to observe one minute silence at 11 a.m. on 11 November each year to remember those who died or suffered 
for Australia's cause in all wars and armed conflicts. Mm. I actually just watched Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, very good movie. Very good movie. And I know that's like the American version of World War II, but like it did also remind me of uh, how Australia and America are like super allies, like yeah. in reality. Like we're like, we're besties. So my grandfather, my great grandfather served in both World War One and World War Two. Uh, what? So I come- the same guy? No. My great-grandfather okay. was in World War One. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And my <laughs> grandfather was in World War Two. <laughs> now, my great-grandfather, we don't really... Well, we do know what he got to. You know, he like, he was a veteran. Like, he went to war. I'm pretty sure he traveled overseas, but, you know, he didn't go to Gallipoli or anything like that. He survived the war. Uh, my grandfather in World War Two. now, he was a double-diamond commando. He basically, his job, go behind enemy lines. He served in Borneo and PNG. He was shot and shrapneled multiple times, um, caught malaria and scrub titus, and survived. And Dude. come back and had 10 kids. And and one of them had you. Yeah, that's right. Correct. What? The ninth one had me. Dude, you're, you're one-tenth commando. <laughs> no, I'm... I'm one-tenth <laughs> times one-fourth, whatever. Whatever. Hey, hey, whatever. Happy mathematics day! Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. But, um, yeah. Can someone tell us, actually, the percentage of commando that Lawson is? Text us at 0491-064-669. We need the mathematicians to let us know how much... If your grandfather, no, your great grandfather, is that right? Or no, my grandfather was a commando. Okay, he, he had ten kids, and then my kids. my dad had four kids. Had four kids. So, so, so figure out the math. We need to know how much. Maybe I am one commando. commando. Probably. We need to know how much ten. commando uh, Lawson is here. But yeah, anyways, like he's he's a real hero, especially to my dad. We catch the dawn service every year where they're early there's this book that we have it's called you know uh, the double diamond commandos and it's like this big kind of encyclopedia and history of what they did and there's a section on my grandfather and how he was shot and rescued and just you know absolutely gnarly stuff like yeah so it's it's incredibly important to my family and it's 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 a lineage that we hold with pride this makes sense Mm -hmm. because you're doing all this triathlete stuff i was like where's he getting these genetics from it's from your granddad your grandpappy is a commando He's and a you're man. just running and swimming and biking like a commando like i'd like i'd be you know on the shores of you know in the jungles of png getting getting it done but hey uh in other news all right i wanted to i have some news here but i wanted to give you guys a testimony this morning oh about exams all right so i had my final exam yesterday okay and this semester one of my courses is hebrew i've been doing my hebrew and <laughs> because i'm studying distance you know uh there's i have to put in a, a considerable amount of effort just thinking about like okay when am i going to study all those kinds of things because i'm working a full-time job and studying part-time now in the beginning of the semester i put a substantial amount of work in to do the best i could in the weekly quizzes and the assignments to the point where i got hds for all of them giving me an aggregate grade before i even do the final exam i had an aggregate grade that was over the pass mark it was like 51 percent, 52 percent. so no okay. it was even more it was because i Got, yeah, 
No, it would have been 54. Because Happy Mathematics it was, Day. It was 51 before. It was 51 before I got my results for my second assignment. After I got my results for my second assignment, it was like 54, 55, 56, something like that. I haven't calculated that yet. Right. But I've gone into the exam thinking, like, you know, coming up to the exam, I'm like, I've already passed. All I need to do is walk into the exam and write my name. Uh, so... You know, also because I was busy with work, I slacked off a lit, little bit on the study. You know, I wasn't attending class as much. I wasn't listening to lectures as, lectures as much. I'm like, I- I've got this. You know, I've, I've got a good handle on this. Raw and, confessional and, tapes and, by Lawson Walters. And again, and again, my aggregate grade, I've already passed. Mm-hmm. But then, yesterday morning, I'm reading the unit outline while studying. You know, I'm studying, I'm, you know, because I'm like, oh, but I could do well in the exam. And I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, but yeah, I don't have to do that well. Like, I can literally, you know, if I got, if I got 30% yeah. in the exam, I'd, I'd get a distinction. Right. For the, for the course. That's like classic Aussie, like, oh, yeah, she'll be right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But then I read the, I read the unit outline and the unit outline stipulates dun, that dun, dun. if any assessment, you have a mark under 45%. Even if your aggregate grade is above pass, like is above 50, if you do any assessment and get under 45%, you fail. Including the exam. Including the exam. And so I'm like, all of a sudden there's some pressure. Okay. In terms of the voc... So exams, three parts. Vocab, passing... And like, which is, you know, determining what the different verbs are and, and, and what, you know, cause that's really complex in Hebrew and then translation in terms of the vocab, I've been doing my memorization, but again, I finished my quizzes a couple of weeks ago, haven't really been revising and I'm like, oh snap. So I go through it and before the exam, I got 80% of it down. How do now, you say oh snap in Hebrew? That's what I want to know. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, um, there's, there's probably a word for it. Um, but Hey, but the other part, the passing and especially the translation, I'm, I'm like, I start to get nervous. I'm like, dude, I am stuffed. Like, <laughs> like, like if, if this is stuff I don't know, like I can just see me looking at a wall of Hebrew text and just having no idea what's going on, even though I know the words. See, the thing about Hebrew and particularly when it's in a text is that you'll have individual words that you know, but then they'll be like, you know, tacked on with prefixes and suffixes that make it something else. Uh-huh. And, and then it can get quite complicated. And I, I, I just... Like, a, like an all-you-can-eat buffet. That's right. And and the words become start to become something that it's very hard to decipher what it's actually saying but it, to, to do the translation. There's there's a lot going on. It's quite complex. And But that's the thing. I'm like, I've done so much study and, I, you know, I've been doing well in all my other assignments and exams and assessments. But I'm like, oh, but what if I'm not prepared for this exam? And what if they choose all this stuff that I don't know? And I start literally like having just massive anxiety. Mm -hmm. I start feeling sick, sick in my stomach. Anyways, get into the exam. And I prayed, I prayed. I'm like, God, if, you know, please help me pass. If I'm not supposed to pass and I'm supposed to experience the consequences of my lack of study, (laughs) let it be. But Lord, please help me to pass. Get into my exam. Start with the first question, write your name in Hebrew. I'm like, oh, that's pretty easy. Do that. Then it's like, then they have the vocab section. It's like 40 words. And Are I knew, giving away all I, the I knew like life? 90% of them. Okay. I like, then the next section, it's like the next section after that, it's like a bunch of multiple choice. I knew most of those that I knew most of the multiple choice questions. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Then the final section. Okay. It's translation, literally just a wall of Hebrew text. Tell me what it means. Now, I read, and I, I'm not going to give it away, 
because there might be someone listening who's done like a rescheduled exam, something like that. You know, I don't want to get, don't want to get in trouble. But I start reading and I read the first couple of like the way to read Hebrew, especially as a beginner, is because it's so complex to translate words when they've been added lots of prefixes and suffix to them. It's easier to go through and just skim and see if there's words that you know initially and then go through again and be like, all right, let's work out the words with the prefixes, suffixes. I start skimming and I'm reading words like Elohim, slavery. And I realize like almost immediately that the passage that I'm supposed to translate from Hebrew to English, I memorized in English like five years ago. Perfect. And I'm like, I know this, even though I didn't know like, a lot of the words, I'm like, I know what these are because I've memorized this whole passage and I'm literally screaming inside. I'm like, yes, yes, because I'm like, I'm going to beat this exam. And that's like the most weightiest part of the exam. And I'm just writing it out with this big smile. I had two hour exam. I finished all of it like satisfactorily in like 40 minutes. The sweet freedom of being done with exams. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to live tips on exams in Hebrew on Faith FM. Yeah, the first tip is pray. (laughs) I really believe, like, that was the thing I was like, God, please help me. And it turned out the passive translating is... One that I've memorized in English already, and I can make out enough to... But not going to yeah. reveal it on live That's right. Faith FM. Yeah, because, you know... They're, Come they're, into the studio if you really need the, if you really need the answers. Because I like, cause I like my lecturer. You know, my, my <laughs> lecturer, enough. shout out, uh, Emmanuel Millen. Epic dude. Great lecturer. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to stitch him up. I don't want to make him have to change the <laughs> change the, t- the, the test for a rescheduled person. Because of one Faith FM show. One loud mouth. All right, here we go. Let's have another question for the quiz. This is our own little exam, and you're going to get a prize at the end of this. Uh, what did Jesus say the rich man must sell in order to have treasure in heaven? 0491 Mm. Mm-hmm. I I think I know that one. Do you? I think so. Okay. I'm a little a little nervous. You're a little bit hezzy. I am. I'm, I'm pulling a hezzy. Pulling right a here. hezzy right now. <laughs> just like just like the Utah Jazz, just winning every single game that the NBA has ever played. <sighs> Anyways, uh, what's going on? I hear about this, the Jazz these days. <laughs> what's going on in the world of? <sighs> News. Well, before America. Yeah, yeah, there's some crazy stuff happening in America. But before we get into the news, I need some people to text in 0491-064-669. Two things. The percentage of commando that Lawson is, and also what passage you think of scripture that Lawson if you do, if you get this right, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say it. And we can't unsay it once I say it. Uh-huh. We're gonna put you as an extra entry into the draw today. If you can figure out what passage from Scripture, from the little clues and tips that Lawson just gave from the Hebrew exam, All and right. you know the passage. I'll, I'll give them again. I said, yep. I said, Lord, mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. and slavery. Bum, bum, they, bum. they were the Hebrew words that I, like, they were, yeah, I picked up. They, they were the ones that gave it away to me. Right. And then after that, reading more Hebrew words and more Hebrew words, I was like, I was definitely sure. If you get the right, so it's a whole chapter. Let's just say it's a whole chapter. It's a whole chapter. If you get the whole chapter, if you get it right, 0491-064-669, text that in, and you get an extra entry into the draw. And we're drawing today. 
Yeah. Uh, we're, we're pulling the names mm. out of the proverbial basket. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. But you know what's crazy is, well, America, just in general. <laughs> like, just, let's shout just, out. Shout Woo! out. My people are just wildcats over there. Uh, and things are happening over there. Uh, the abortion wars and Trump support have redirected the U.S. midterms uh, as mid, as much of the nation actually jumps ship over concerns shared by millions of other voters who supported Democratic candidates in surprising numbers. Denying Republicans the so-called red wave or red tsunami election that they had been expecting. By Wednesday, any wave had flattened out into a ripple, and now there is gridlock in the Senate between the two parties. Okay, Lawson, some crazy stuff has happened here. Essentially... Uh, abortion is a big issue. Mm-hmm. Not everyone uh, wants... So many voters have actually... Who were going to vote Republican, they've actually voted Democrat because they are in support of abortion. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's very interesting how that has played out. You know, I, I with the ruling of Roe versus Wade, uh, I think that was back in June... And the changes in the political uh, atmosphere in America, it it actually impacted these midterms in a very mm-hmm. powerful way. Absolutely. The second thing that we learned from this, uh, stay away from Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, like if because this is what happened. Like the Republicans who in, were endorsed by Trump basically unanimously failed. Mm. Like throughout the country. So essentially, like, if Trump was like, this is my guy, you know, like, it's going to be great, you know, like, Mm. then for whatever reason, droves of Democrat uh, voters came out and voted those those supported Republicans out. Mm. But here's what's interesting. In the House of Representatives, the Democrats have lost seven seats. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the Republicans have gained six seats. You need 218 for the majority. Republicans are sitting right now at 209. And Democrats only have 187. The Republicans are probably going to win the the House of Representatives. Mm. Another issue that we've also learned from this, um, and I say this out of love, and I can say this, I'm the Outback Patriot, so I'm Australian and I'm American, but uh, Americans do not celebrate mathematics day because they still can't count votes Mm. there are entire states who are days after like any other western normal democratic society be like people vote and we count them and we go oh those are the results but in many of the other states in fact it's so close in some states they have to do a runoff election and redo the whole thing and what i'm really I'm just like disappointed in my people here. Like, yeah. learn how to count people. I it's saw, Mathematics Day. Happy Mathematics Day. Count the votes. What's wrong with you? I saw a video on Instagram yeah? of a judge refusing to sign off the votes that had been made. Ooh. And so there's like also, which actually gives me a lot of flashbacks to 2017 Australia. Because essentially, like, what the deal is, is that, like, yeah, America is so politically divided at the moment that, I don't know, that judge felt like, I don't know which side the judge was on or where they were counting the votes from, but they felt like, oh, these people aren't going to vote for the person that I want them to vote for, so I'm not going to sign them off, and then none of these votes are going to count. 
Wow. Which is gnarly. Which reminds me... Again, Getting in the way of democracy yeah, here, Judge. 2017 Australia, we had the plebiscite uh, in you know, over, you know, the vote for gay marriage. And there was, like, people posting on Facebook, like, who worked for Australia Post, and they said that they could, like, they were, like, people working for Australia Post could hold up, because it was, like, a mail-in vote thing. You They would hold up the mail-in vote, and they could see what people have voted for, and if they voted against gay marriage, they'd throw their vote in the bin. What? Like, crazy stuff like that. That's anti-democratic. Literally, yeah. I'm not saying just because of that, because ultimately, like, the majority was yes. But it was very close. But I'm not going to say that, oh, that person working at Australia Post was the catalyst for that going through. But, again, you have, because of, like, on issues of where there's real political divide, uh, there's so much investment on both sides and so much kind of hatred and controversy on both sides that it's it's getting in the way of the process itself. Absolutely. Instead of allowing the people to make those decisions, yeah. small groups of people are choosing for everyone else. Yeah, because again, that judge is supposed to be a part of allowing the process to happen, but because of their own beliefs, they don't want it to. Well, Oof. it's interesting because now, so the House looks like it's going to be one, mm-hmm. the House of Representatives, but now the Senate... It's this is unprecedented what's happened. The Democrats have actually gained a seat mm. and the Republicans have lost a seat right now. So right now the numbers are uh, there's 46 in the Democratic Senate and then there's 48 in the Republican Senate. And so basically 51 is needed for a majority because the way it works with the Senate is there's two representatives for each state. So there's mm. 100. However, what can happen is if there is a tie, which it looks like it very well could be the vice president has the deciding vote. So Kamala Harris would have the decision-making power over the entire Senate. And obviously she's going to choose Republican (laughs) because because, she just, she just feels like doing that, you know, it's just an off off day. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. No one would expect it. Talk talk about a legacy. Never let them know your next Talk about a legacy in politics. (laughs) The only vice presidential vote to vote against their party. Okay. uh, Not true. Next up here is, I just want to talk about Florida really quick. Florida, six years ago, was a very Democratic state. Mm-hmm. Six years ago. Uh, to the point... Now, there are some discrepancy in numbers. I was talking to Shell this morning about this. It's, it's either, either a 30 to 40 point swing uh, from six years ago. And now, Florida is essentially the most Republican state in the United States within wow. six years. Yeah. So we've all gone the, from... All the Florida men. And it's Ron DeSantis who's basically yeah, doing Yeah, for this. sure. So he's like... Uh, this politician, he's the governor of Florida, and there are droves of people moving to Florida. Um, another big one is, uh, so Republicans moving to Florida, but another crazy thing is the Cuban-American population in Florida has become very Republican because the Democratic Party through Bernie Sanders was talking about socialism. And when the Cuban-American people heard this, they were like, we're not going back to socialism. They, they got the they got no scared. bueno, yeah. no bueno, oh, no go. Absolutely, so they come and in Florida, the Cuban American population has become extremely vocal and extremely Republican or mm. right wing, more towards uh, capitalism. Yeah, because they because socialism scares them to death because they well they just were under the guy like with every the Cuban every cigars. pretty much every Cuban. Living in America is like a defectee and escapee. Not everyone, but everyone like post 
basically that guy. Yeah, they, well, they've they have felt the pain and suffering of an extreme socialist dictatorship, mm-hmm. and so now the Cuban American uh, Party, the Republican, it's basically their right wing Republican Party. So, essentially, Florida is the most Republican state in America now. It and be, and it's a big part of it is Ron DeSantis, and a big part of it is. A bunch of Americans moving to Florida who are like, we don't want to live nowhere else because we love Florida. And then the other crazy thing about Florida is just look up Florida, man, <laughs> and you can find some of the craziest news stories because Florida is full of some yeah. wild people who I'm probably related to in some way or another. His name, I was after that guy, it was Fidel Castro. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Uh, I do find that in general, uh, Americans are f- like more intensely passionate about their politics than I see here in Australia. Yeah. So everyone's here is like, oh yeah, no worries, you know. Yeah, oh, it depends. What's that? It depends yeah, no, area. I know it can get wild, but I'm talking like Americans like crazy yeah. wild. Is like, there's widespread scary? Yeah. Well, because essentially, I, I said this for a long time. In in Australia, there's no moral. There's no moral left and light, right, only economic. Oh, um, So it means that there's less of a divide morally, whereas in the United States, because of the influence of particularly like Christianity and religion and, and you know, America as an idea and moralism and all these different things, it means that people are divided not only on economic lines, but also on moral lines too. Interesting. That's an interesting take on that for sure. What's the quiz question that we got? While in Capernaum, Jesus healed the servant of a... All right, multiple choice. Okay. Priest, Pharisee, centurion, or tax collector? 0491-064-669. Our prize for this week, Advent and Advent for Kids. We'll give you these absolutely for free. You just have to win the draw. And to get in the draw, you just have to answer these questions correctly. You want these books. But coming up to December, you want to celebrate the birth of Jesus. I know you do. 0491-064-669. While in Capernaum, Jesus healed the servant of a priest, Pharisee, centurion, or tax collector. Let us know. All right, we are going to have a little interview here by our friend George on some inflammation. George, can you hear us? I sure can. Good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I I don't know if I'm allowed to do this on Faith FM, but I'm going to do it anyway because I need your help medically. So okay. I went to the doctors yesterday, and I've been experiencing some inflammation. And apparently, I have something in common with Martin Luther and John Wesley, who are reformers, but they also had gout. Boom, boom, boom. I don't even know where it came from, so I, it was crazy. And so then my doctor was like, hey, you got to be careful what you eat. You got to be careful with all these. And I was like, I thought only old people get gout. And he was like, nope, even young people do as well too. And I was like, wow, I feel like a reformer. I want to just nail something onto the, the uh, walls of the Waldensian church uh the wittenberg the wittenberg church, church. sorry that's right yeah, i'm thinking about the waldensies because i love them but uh yeah, yeah so george help me out here this is pretty wild stuff what what do i need to do to help with inflammation okay well firstly we need to understand what actually is inflammation yes so really what it is and and i'm not talking about short-term inflammation like if you hurt your arm you, you bump your arm or your leg, 
um, there's going to be some local inflammation there. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the chronic inflammation that really, co- you know, in the long run will cause disease. So mm. what what actually is it? And basically what it is, it's the body's uh, fighting against things that are harming it. It's, it's fighting against infections or, or a long-term injury or a toxin, and it's trying to heal itself. That's all it is. It's actually quite a, a natural response, but when it's very long-term, it starts to damage things. It damages organs and, and hormones, and, yeah, when we, it's very, very bad. Okay, so w- when we talk about, like, long-term inflammation like what's the the time frame like when do we go from like medium or short-term inflammation to long-term inflammation like how how, what's the difference in how long that lasts look i guess that's a that's a hard one to answer but generally we're talking about not days or weeks we're talking about Mm. months months and years and 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 typically years we're talking about people having you know having those symptoms and, and and so that probably leads me to the next part which is what are some of the symptoms of of chronic inflammation or, or chronic means long-term inflammation what are some of the symptoms well some of the symptoms are fatigue just really feeling fatigue you know um, having having pain having body pain but yet not really having a specific injury mm-hmm. Um you know, and, and it can be even things like depression, anxiety, um, you know, uh, all sorts of gastrointestinal complications, diarrhea, constipation, weight gain, weight loss, extreme weight loss. Um, so there's some of the common symptoms, but fatigue is a, is a major, major one. Fatigue and body pain, yeah. Wow, that's that's very interesting. Like... It, it it's so crazy to me how just this one thing inflammation can cause all these other issues that are you know I, I guess it would call comorbidities is that what they are maybe I don't know if that would be the, what they were called or not but they're they're connected to the inflammation pretty directly it seems yes they are they are and they're really um, yeah look it's it when you use the word comorbidities you know it, it takes me back to various uh, you know flu epidemics and that sort of thing. And yeah, look, comorbidities really, uh, anything that's, that's a, you know, long-term chronic illness. And what we find is there's really no long-term illness other than some genetic ones. And, and there's not many of those. Most, pretty much every long-term illness has inflammation, is associated with inflammation. The body's trying to fight it. The body's saying, whoa, this is bad. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Is there a particular places in the body that become inflamed, you know, more than others that you have seen, or are, is it just yes. kind of random uh, with different people? Um, look, the the stomach is is probably the stomach and the and the gastrointestinal system is without a doubt the first place that it it kind of starts for for most people for the ninety five percent. It, it starts with the stomach, and it and it starts from eating the wrong things, um, stress. Believe it or not, the stomach gets extremely affected by stress. Um, stress is one of the major drivers of inflammation. You can you can take somebody that has perfect in, inflammatory markers, uh, and 
it's measured, and I can talk about that in a minute, but it's measured by a thing called CRP. Um, and you can measure the CRP today, and it can be perfect. And you can put them in a stressful situation, measure it in three weeks' time, and their markers will be off the charts. Hmm. Three to four weeks, that's all it takes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, I've noticed, like, so I have dealt with inflammation. Like, uh, last time we talked, we were talking about that, and then I just found out this new diagnosis just recently. And when I get, like, inflammation, it's really weird. I get it in my ankle, like, uh, really both both feet really, but a lot in my right ankle. And it it's not always in the exact same place, but it kind of like moves around the ankle. And man, I can, I can barely walk. I can't even, yeah. I can't even shuffle hardly, you know, and there's no dancing. Like I love dancing, but no dancing allowed. You know, my yeah. feet just are like, you can't do anything right now. Is there anything no. to do to help with inflammation? There's, there's a whole lot of, a whole lot of things, but the big four, the big four that you can do is is your stress and your sleep. So uh, really manage those well. So you sleep, more and more research shows that you need to be asleep by 10 p.m. if you're going to get the right hormone response during sleep. During sleep, the body's in, in healing mode. Um, if you're not asleep by 10, it will still sort of do its healing, but... You, it's going to be highly restricted. It's going to be, you know, re, a reduced response to, to what it should be. So sleep's a major one. Stress is a major one. You really need to manage that, um, reduce your response to stress, and then also become more resilient by having downtime, time with family, and that sort of thing. So they're the two major ones. Sleep and stress, major, major, but I can't really – you know, get away from eating healthy either. Eating healthy is a, is a, you know, absolute, you know, and, and that's really eating less processed stuff, less stuff in a plastic packet. And I don't mean, you know, you went to the shop and bought a tomato in a plastic packet. I mean, stuff that's really highly processed. It's been stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Really highly processed. So, so that's the third one eating. And, and the fourth one is really, and I guess uh, I, I don't like to use the word exercise. I like to use the word physical activity. Get some physical activity, healthy physical activity. So they're the four. That's one. They're the four. I suppose major mm-hmm. pathways to to affect uh, inflammation. Yeah. The one one good thing you know in my in my own personal journey as well too is the doctor said, "Hey, this is the healthiest I've ever seen you in the past you know two and a half years." And a big part of that has been. I've been going to the gym, you know, four or five times a week and I'm going pretty hard, you know, uh, but I, I, I've enjoyed it. But the first three weeks of exercise, I hated it. I dreaded it. My sister-in-law would wake me up every morning, drag me out of bed. And she's like, all right, big fella, we're going to the gym. And I was like, I don't want to, but I, I did anyway. (laughs) And then after about three weeks, I was like, I actually feel good when I go to the gym. So I've been doing that now for about 10 weeks and it's been really, really good. Uh, so I do want to encourage people exercise makes a difference. It makes you just feel good. Uh, not at first, it makes you feel terrible at first, but then you can get past that (laughs) and feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really, it's really, um, I guess the main thing with exercise, excuse me, is not to, um, go the other way and to go, into chronic over-exercise because um, 
if you're doing 20 minutes, half an hour, 40 minutes of something, you're enjoying it and you're not really in, in any pain while you're doing it, and you're not really in any major pain afterwards, then that's a great thing. But people do go the other way and say, oh, I'm going to run for two hours a day. That's actually very unhealthy for you. It's, mm. it's in fact getting close to being as unhealthy as uh, not doing anything. You know what I mean? So you've got to balance that out as a really fine balance point. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Like the idea of like going too too much, which actually can have detrimental impact as well too. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and and that and too much exercise causes uh, massive inflammation in the body. In fact, any any exercise where it's putting the body under a little bit of pressure can cause a short-term spike in inflammation. But that, that spike usually is gone within 24, maximum 48 hours. But if you're, let's say you're going out running for two hours a day, you probably need seven to 10 days to recover from the inflammation. So if you go running today for two hours and then wait 24 hours and go again, or even 48 hours and go again, that is, that, that's just building stress on the body hmm. to another level. So I guess, yeah, it's, although we've gone down a different pathway, it's really not taking anything to excess. It's not, it's having a balance and, and really um, looking at what the body likes and, and what feels good to the body rather than going to extremes. So temperance and moderation seem to be uh, key points yeah. in all this. I just want to get the four yeah. here uh, that we just talked about. So a uh, quick yeah. recap, it's getting enough sleep, and uh, preferably before 10 p.m. It's yes. uh, decreasing stress in your life, which uh, sometimes can be easier said yeah, than done. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, getting a healthy diet, less packaged stuff, more uh, natural stuff, more like uh, – yeah like greens and, and just yeah. f- ju- food that is just natural and unprocessed. Natural. And then finally, yeah. uh, the last one is a healthy balance of exercise in the life can all help naturally decrease inflammation. Is that right? Yes. Those, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, sleep, stress, eating, and, and, and your exercise are the, are the big four things. There are other things you can do. You can, you can take things like turmeric. Um, and you know, that, that can help bring down inflammation, but again, that might have, you know, let, let's say, let's call it a 5% impact. Whereas if you do the others, they're going to be 95% impact, right. huge, huge impact. Yeah. So like just popping some <clears throat> turmeric down, but not doing anything else is not really going <clears throat> to fix inflammation. No, no. Pop, popping 10 tablets of turmeric a day. But going to bed at two o'clock in the morning, getting up at getting up at six, right? <laughs> um, and then trying to fix it with a two-hour run every second day, not help. and then it's not going to help. And eating in McDonald's, it's just not going to help. <laughs> All right, yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, for your help today, George. It's been uh, awesome. I really know that I have been helped by this conversation. I look forward to having you on again in the future to talk more about uh, the metabolic. Uh, kind of journey that we have been on together as well too so thanks again thanks for being a part of the faith fm family join our community on facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM